A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. An entitled Karen tried to play the race card and force me to break the law. So, when I was 18, I was working at a call center that handled debit and credit card fraud and identity theft related issues for a bank. I have lots of fun stories, but I'll never forget that time that some woman called me racist and accused me of discrimination just because I wouldn't break federal law for her. A bit of background. According to federal law, even if you open an account online, you have to provide documentation that proves your identity in order to prevent scammers and criminals from making fake accounts and messing everything up for the bank and the customers. This is a very basic summary of the law, and I don't remember all of the details of the law, so this is the best explanation that I have to summarize it for context. It also provides a way for the bank to identify someone posing as you should someone ever try to impersonate you. But that wasn't the main point. As much as I hated it, when we had people call in because their accounts were on hold due to not providing proof of identity, always landed in my department because everyone just assumed that it was an ITA issue, even though it wasn't. One night, I got a call from a lady who was very irate and was already yelling when I got the call. One of the agents from a sister site had decided to cold transfer the abusive customer to my department because why not? And they never told her they were transferring her in the first place. Great start to an already crappy call, but it was about to get so much worse. As soon as the lady heard me talking, she was already spitting accusations of discrimination and racism, saying that we were just putting her accounts on hold because she was a black woman who works hard for her money and our white supremacist organization didn't like it. I might be white, but I have never been racist, even though my family is. I'm happily engaged to a Hispanic man and always remember to treat people out of respect because I really don't care about race drama. I'm also an introvert with severe social anxiety, so I don't really like being around people in general, especially after being bullied all my life. She immediately started saying that if I didn't unfreeze her accounts so she could pay her bills, she was going to sue me, the agent from the other site, the company, everyone. She even called me every name under the sun and started telling me that she thought white people should be slaves to blacks because of our past. I'm not even going to comment on this one since my family is mostly Irish, and again, I don't care about race drama. I did everything I could to calm her down and asked to put her on hold for a minute so I could review the account. She told me that I had better hurry up, and I put her on hold so I could see what was going on. This woman had recently opened the accounts and never verified her identity with the bank using her documentation. Again, it is a federal law, and even if I did have the ability to unfreeze the accounts, I could have been fined hundreds of thousands of dollars and faced potential jail time. Now, say what you will about white people, but facing jail and fines that I could never afford was nowhere near worth proving that I wasn't racist and had nothing to do with the issue in the first place. 
When I got back on the phone, I started explaining the issue to the woman and even tried to help by asking if she had sent in her documentation as requested by the bank. She actually calmed down a little and answered the follow-up questions that I had in order to help her understand the situation a bit better. And I was able to locate the documentation she had sent in. Here's the kicker. She had sent it just minutes before calling in and it was already outside of business hours on a Friday. I explained that I could see her documentation had arrived, but I had to explain that because she had sent it outside of regular business hours, it wouldn't reach the back office until the following business day, and it would take another three to five business days to review. She again launched into this racist rant that I was just doing this because I saw she was black and must hate black people, and then demanded to speak to a supervisor. At this point, my patience was worn out and I was desperate to get out of this situation. I called my manager over and was able to explain everything when the manager took my mouse from my hand and hung up on the customer. He informed me that he had passed by and heard some racist slurs coming from my headset and jumped on to listen to the call to see what was going on since I was usually pretty good about diffusing situations like this on my own. He told me he was impressed that I hadn't hung up on her after the first set of slurs, but he told me that he refused to let me get yelled at like that again, especially when I was still trying to be nice to a racist Karen like that. As much as I hate to say it, the call didn't end there. Karen got a hold of an agent from the sister location and actually got them to unfreeze the account. On top of that, she got the agent to file a report against me, and the agent even stated that I was the one who unfroze the accounts. Bottom line, corporate was out for blood, and because of that agent, they were out for mine. My manager managed to convince them that I was innocent by playing the call back for the higher managers in the office, and I didn't find out until a few days later when corporate wanted to verify some information with me. I was left alone, but I decided that it would be better to start looking around for a new job especially with the fact that I almost got hate crime charges pressed on me on top of charges for breaking federal law. And now in the comments, I empathize. I worked in a bank call center. It's horrible. Clients call you every name under the sun, usually because of issues caused by them. Fortunately, it's all recorded, but that doesn't necessarily help. I will never do it again. And OP replies, same especially since I've had coworkers that were worse than the clients. I worked at another call center where people would transfer unnecessarily for no other reason than they didn't want to deal with it, and I hated it. I actually reported each and every one of them, and my managers made me take follow-up training because I should have been taking the calls because it was my job. Turns out, the other agents were lying to the managers about the type of call and saying that I was bullying them. They didn't even care when I provided call times and report numbers so they could see. Guess who's still got in trouble? Wow, I hope you found a better job. You did everything the right way. That sister site needs to be looked into by the higher ups. They sound like they're doing all kinds of shady things. OP replies, I actually ended up quitting about a year and a half later. This was only my second job, and back then, McDonald's preferred teenagers to full grown adults with open availability. I only ended up quitting because they violated FMLA laws and threatened to fire me. I would have sued, but no lawyers wanted to take the case. I still have many horror stories about the sister site and other calls that I got. While not a call center, I did have an older guy pull the race card because I couldn't refund his ticket to the zoo. 
he had been in the zoo from 9am to 12.30pm, which means he got what his ticket paid for. He threatened to call the cops for hate crimes against him. The reason he wanted a refund? The ride he wanted wasn't open, which we told him when he bought his ticket. He went from hitting on me to try and butter me up, to telling me to just give him the cash, to asking for a manager, to the race card, and threatening a lawsuit and reporting us to the NCAA for a hate crime. I refused to just give him the cash because that would have been theft on my part, so I guess he did kind of try to make me break the law? I honestly don't understand some people. They always jump to asking us to do the worst for them or to something not even relevant to their complaints. Like, trying to get you to break the law is just dumb. I do hope your former place of employment recorded calls so they could flag the Karen for attempted law-breaking fraud. I couldn't do that working at the zoo, but you would hope a call center for that kind of thing would. Our next post is titled, Two entitled influencers told me to edit my content and got a nice lesson in life. I, 27 female, a year ago, decided to become a content creator, and even though it was hard, my platform is taking off. For context, I was interested at first, but I did not know how to start, and my cousin, 28 female, was the one who gave me the push to become one. So I decided that my content would be about body positivity, exploring my country of Puerto Rico, food, travel, natural beauty, and curls. It's been tough, but in a year, I managed to gain 2,000 followers. It is still growing, and while many people see that as a little following, I am happy with that. And I got compliments from people telling me that they love my content since I do not edit or Photoshop anything from my body. I do not edit my body, and I let the world know that even though I have stretch marks, cellulite, saggy breasts, dark spots, and acne scars, I do not edit that since I do not want to follow the norm on Instagram about creating an illusion about myself. I will admit the only times I do edit photos or videos is in nature, because I want those to stand out. So, two weeks ago, I was invited to an influencers event and I was more than happy to attend since I would be staying in a hotel room near a beach, I was dying to take shots in, and I gladly accepted. I take my photos with a tripod since I like to be alone while I explore. So the event of the day comes, and I was happy with my room since I got a balcony with a view. I met all the big time influencers, and I gotta say some were nice, but others were stuck up. They think they're better than anyone else since they have about 800 to 900,000 followers. The nice one gave me advice about not changing the way of my content and even started following me. But the stuck up ones just snorted that I ignored them since some of them even expressed that when they started, they only got 1k followers. I got lucky or blessed, I don't know. So, while we all got dinner, two of these stuck-up influencers, 40-something male, saw my content and expressed that I should edit out all my flaws since many people would be disgusted with my body and another one, 24 female, expressed that many men want to see a perfect Instagram girl. Girls with long hair, very feminine, makeup, and the one thing that I hate the most, Photoshop or Facetuned and don't want to see one with flaws, and that my content won't get me anywhere. They both said this while they had a smug smile and looking at me. There was a silence at the table, and my cousin, the one that motivated me to become an influencer, glared at them. I wanted to cry or lash out at them, but I decided to be honestly cruel. 
So I smirked at them and told them that while they're entitled to their opinion, I love that my content is real and shows that I have a real body and don't follow the ridiculous beauty standards and I could show you the amount of DMs of people loving that I keep it real and love that I make nature stand out, but I don't care about giving a fake illusion about myself. They glared at me, and I told them that I would be taking my leave since I do not like the keto dinner. And I found a place nearby to eat quesadillas and wanted to see new murals for photos because that wall looked amazing. So I left, and my cousin, her fiance, and some influencers followed me. And let me tell you, we all had fun without the toxic influencers. The next day, I put on the best bikini, took my tripod, and took the best shots at the beach. I put them on Instagram, and let me tell you, I received praise. Plus the likes of the influencers that love my idea of my content. That was the last day of the event that these two entitled and spoiled influencers glared at me because they saw my post and did not follow their advice. To say that I left with a smirk and then both gave me the dirtiest glare was a chef's kiss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Our next post is titled... A group of nine demand our table at a drag show. So I went to a drag show with my sister. We got there early and got a table with three really kind older women. During the intermission, I went to the bathroom, and when I came back, my sister told me what happened. A group of nine people asked if they could have our table and if we could find somewhere else to sit since they had such a large group. My sister shot that down. Keep in mind that this place was full, there was no room at any other table. Then they said, not asked, that they will just join us. They just started pulling up chairs to our already full table. When they left to get more chairs, my sister just started moving them and they finally got the hint. What is wrong with people? And also, I forgot to say that there was a couple that joined us at the table too. So there was already seven people at the table meant to seat five. There was not enough room for nine other people. Now in the comments, I guess they missed the fact that nerve should also come with charisma, uniqueness, and talent. Entitled knobs, what a drag. Sounds like they thought that, with at least four women at the table, not assuming OP's gender here, three of them older, they would be easiest to push around. If this was recent, it was not only damned impolite, but also frickin' stupid, with the various diseases making headlines now. Say what you will, but social distancing worked. Our next post is titled, Entitled Woman Tries to Put My Dog Up for Adoption. So I, female, and my fiancé, male, adopted a dog a few days ago. 
We haven't had a dog before, so when our dog started pooping and peeing all over our house, we were freaked out and turned to a Facebook dog group for advice on how to help our dog. We learned it was simply the dog adjusting and we didn't need to be concerned. However, this is where entitled Karen K comes in. Karen believed that because we had no clue a dog will bathroom all over our house for the first bit, that meant that we shouldn't have a dog at all and were likely abusing it. Karen took it upon herself to steal pictures of my dog from my Facebook and put her up for adoption, sharing my user to random people looking for a dog. When we told her to F off, she threatened to tell the rescue that we got the dog from that we were dog abusers. We didn't get the dog from a rescue, by the way and tell future rescues that we might contact, despite the fact that I use a clearly fake name on Facebook. She then made several posts about how we abuse our dog, despite not even knowing us and never talking to us outside of this situation. Not the craziest story, but definitely an odd way to start my Monday morning. Now in the comments, report her to Facebook and congratulations on your new firkin. And OP replies, thank you, we did almost immediately. As for the dog marking your house, be sure to take them outside and praise them when they pee and poo outside. They will usually get the idea that outside is where they should do their thing. Be sure you give them lots of snuggles and pets inside when they are behaving how you want them to. Good luck and enjoy. And OP says, we've been doing exactly that. She's adjusting perfectly now. Our next post is titled, Entitled Prick Sexually Harassed My Late Wife For Years So my wife and I went to the same university, but I finished a year before she did. Now, she was a CBC, Canadian-born Chinese. To say we moved fast is an understatement. Warp speed is more accurate. We were married three months after our first date. Well, she was studying accounting. There was this guy who had a thing for her from day one, so much so that he rescheduled all of his classes to match hers. This guy just couldn't take a hint. From day one, she had no interest. It was in the final semester of her school when he started to get really pushy, even though she was married and it was no secret. Gossip moves fast, and for a while, she was the talk of her class, and I get it, you run off with a guy you've known for three months and get married on a whim, people are gonna talk. She was also too polite for her own good. This effer started to get pushy about her going to dinner with him, trying to get her to go for coffee and come to his place. She always declined, saying, sorry, I have plans with my husband. Things just got worse. She came home one day visibly frustrated because it escalated. He now was following her around, getting too close, putting hands on her, calling himself her school husband. My idea was to come for a visit during one of her breaks so we could have lunch together and I'll have a talk with him. Now, you need to know that I'm a big man and back then I was not only tall but muscular. Depression killed themselves after I lost her. Now, that's what I did. I met her for lunch and when the guy came poking his nose in our lunch date, I took the opportunity to have a conversation with him. Now, I am an intimidating idiot. One of my side gigs putting myself through school was a bouncer at a particularly rough strip club. I remember the exact conversation. I was polite for the most part until I gave him a warning. But in short, I told him that he's making my wife uncomfortable, she's not interested, she doesn't dig you, and she wants you to keep your hands to yourself. I also let him know there will not be a second warning if he puts his hands on her ever again. 
I'm gonna come back and I am more than happy bloodying him up. So I had really enjoyed that lunch date with my late wife and several weeks later, I had some free time. So I decided to go pop down to her school and have a lunch date. She was a predictable woman. She always took her breaks in the same place so I knew where she would be. So I get to the building that she took her lunch and there she is, all her books spread out over the table, fork in one hand, face full of food, just doing her thing by herself. Well, guess who's walking over to her, chair in hand? The guy puts his chair right close to her and I see my wife visibly recoil. He actually put his arm around her waist and tried to pull her in. Now at this time, she hadn't seen me. I'm across the hall, but very loudly, she says no. Anyone watching could have easily seen how disturbed she was by this. All the blood rushed to my head and I was seeing red. I quickly walked over shouting, you piece of crap mother effer, I told you to keep your hands off my wife. The guy had the balls to put his hand on my shoulder and say he's just being nice, he's being friendly with his friend. Now admittedly, what little cool I had, I lost. And without a single word of a lie, I grabbed his collar with my left hand and I had that man's foot off the ground. I threw him on the table and did exactly what I promised. I bloodied him up. I only hit him four, maybe five times, honestly, could have been more, but rage took over and I didn't count. After that, he never approached her again. All that being said, there were some repercussions. A police investigation. Thank God for her friends testifying that he had been sexually harassing her for a long time. That saved my ass. My wife was put on something like an academic suspension during this investigation, and they were going to even expel her. Thankfully, that didn't happen because of all her classmates and her friends' testimony. But the worst part of it, for all his harassment of her, he faced no repercussions. The school did jack crap, not even a slap on the wrist. Well, that's not exactly true. He ended up with the far from God and my fists. But I get it why women don't speak up about this crap. No one does anything. In fact, they end up getting in trouble for speaking up or doing anything. And now in the comments. So the college suspended the victim while the incident was being investigated and threatened to expel her while the offender received no punishment. And OP replies, correct. Wow, just wow. I am so sorry for your loss. From the way you tell this story, I can see the love between you and your wife. So sorry for your loss. You're correct. When women say no or speak up for themselves, they wind up being even more victimized. And OP says, I witnessed it firsthand. The first option was not me going to town on his face. She reported him to professors, the counselors, student affairs, even campus security, which was another thing that saved her from getting expelled because at least there were filings on it that she kept all the paperwork. Funnily enough, the officers didn't keep any of the paperwork themselves. She made a total of 20 reports, nothing was done, they didn't even speak to him. And that's where I'm going to end this one today, guys. I do hope you enjoyed. It was a bit of a sour note at the end, and I hope OP is okay. To go through all that and then tragic loss, I don't know how people do it, and I'm in awe of that bravery. Anyway, guys, I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 